Metu Netter, Volume 1, The Great Oracle of Tehuti, Chapter 13, Level 1, First Three Stages of the Meditation Process, beginning on page 178. Level 1 of the Meditation Process, Stage 2, Sphere 8. The first set of meditation aims at positioning Alsar as the foundation of the reasons that we give ourselves for our beliefs, ways of feeling and acting. People are in the habit of basing the rationalizations of their actions on their identification with their persons. In contrast to our indwelling intelligence, which is unconditioned, each person is the embodiment of a set of conditioned behavioral patterns, fear, anger, sensitivities, shyness, failures, likes, dislikes, and other shaping factors of our personalities serve to limit an individual's ability to achieve his goals. Not just simply from the fact that emotions can make him act irrationally or paralyze his capacity for actions, but more importantly, from the fact that they can interfere with the activity of the indwelling intelligence this is symbolized as the killing of Ausar by Set. We must therefore realize that it is not a simple matter of thinking positively, <clears throat> which must in the long run fail as long as the individual continues to identify herself with his person, which is in essence limited in its capabilities. A positive thought cannot succeed if it is contradicted by the innate limitation of the personality. We must therefore identify with the free part of ourselves, indwelling intelligence, order of our positive thoughts to order for our positive thoughts to be successful. The chief meditation of this stage is suggested by the functions of the one of one of the deities of this sphere. <coughs> Excuse me. And Pooh and and Anubis, he is the embalmer of Ausar and assists in his mummification. In this sesh metut netter, embalming and mummification symbolize the incorruptibility of the higher parts of the spirit. The initiate who has ev elevated his consciousness to this level is beyond the decadent influences of earthly things, which are symbolized by worms. These earthly things, worms that corrupt us, are the earth-born ideas that we hold about ourselves and life. As we saw, they originate in the left side of the brain of Sahu Man. They are the emotions based realizations that we give ourselves to justify indulging and following our emotions and sensualism. I am only human, so naturally I had to, or I couldn't, etc. I don't live truth, but I am doing my spiritual work. To overcome this way of thinking, we must thoroughly study and understand the fact that our true outsider is beyond the influence of emotions. No matter how often and how strongly they reflect themselves in our awareness, we can resist and ignore them. What would happen if you didn't respond to an emotion suggested? Make an honest and determined effort to ignore them the next 10 times that they visit you. 
you will see that they really don't have power over you. It is for this reason that emotions are called the children of impotent revolt in the Pert M. Eru Egyptian Book of the Dead. Most people are controlled by their emotions mainly because they believe that they must follow them or because they believe that emotions are the validators and justifiers of their actions as if emotions were signifiers of the truth. Most people believe that they cannot do what they don't feel and must do what they feel. All of the ideas of self's indwelling intelligence, improvisions, I'm sorry, improviciousness to emotions and sensualism must be equated to the depiction of Ausar as a mummy. Chant the Hekka Aung Aang, see chapter 24, until you are in deep trance. Once in trance, recall a rationalization that you gave yourself for indulging an emotion while seeing yourself unmoved by it. Visualize yourself as the mummy, Ausar. The objective is for you to get in the habit of reasoning that you identify with your true self as opposed to your person. You can never use your emotions as justification for of your actions. When we get to stage four, the meditation process, we will see how the rationalization faculty helps us to become imprevious to temptations, i.e. how it embalms us. Nefert Ra must reject the belief that she cannot help getting upset by other people's lack of capability. As this fierce fi- fear, feariness is an intrinsic quality, her personality, Marshall, cannot, she cannot become a calm person by simply nourishing positive thoughts to the effect. She must identify with herself, Alsar, which is able to manifest any behavior and personality that is required. We will have more to say on this in the third stage. So whose belief that his goal of achieving financial security can only be reached by devoting all of his time to his personal pursuits will be transcended by the realization that as his true self is the same self in others. What he does for others, he docks for himself. His true self is not bound by time and energy, limitations of the accomplishment of its goals. The indwelling intelligence directs thousands of psychological functions at the same time, but by identifying with it as our true self, we are able to transcend the limitations of our persons. The identifications is the opening of the way. Our rationalizations of what we can and can't do, which are the intrinsic limitations of our personalities, close the way to the working of our indwelling intelligence and the totality of our being. It limits the self to the task of directing the subconscious mental and bodily processes. To sum up the objective of the meditation at this stage, it is the realization that our true self is infinite in its potential to know and do. We must never accept any limitating thought 
regarding the things that we need to accomplish in life. We must always be ready to say, I can, with the understanding that I is not the complex of complexities, limitations, and inclinations that we call our personality, but the unconditioned, hence infinitely capable and dwelling intelligence of our being, Ausar. Level one of the meditation process, stage three, sphere seven. Now that we have positioned the infinite potential part of our being, the indwelling intelligence as executor of the meditation, stage one, we have brought our rationalizations of what we want in harmony with the self, stage two. We are now ready to meditate on achieving the goal. A fundamental principle at work in this stage is based on the fact that our life force does not make distinctions between the actions that we visualize during trance and the same actions when they are carried out physically. Western scientists have objectively verified that the visualization of ourselves during exercises while in the mild state of trance affects the same physiological response as actual exercising. Many athletes and artists are currently improving their performances in this manner with the help of hypnotherapists. The spirit does not distinguish between a successful performance, singing, playing tennis, typing, lecturing, having sex, etc. This is carried out in one's imagination during trance from one that is carried out physically to wait for success in the physical performance of an act before you can feel confident of your ability to succeed is backward and dangerous. In the metamusic or sleep mode of trance, the animal spirit with all of its conditioned resistances to change is lewd to step sleep seven. This enables us to carry out perfect performances in our imagination while in trance. On the other hand, we might hit or miss our objectives when we physically carry out our actions without such preparations of an individual where to conduct a hundred perfect lectures or golf swings in the entrance imagination as far as the spirit is concerned. The individual has, in actuality, perfectly performed these acts even though they have never been done physically. When the time comes for these actions to be done physically, the spirit will guide the body to the flawless execution of the acts. This is due to the fact that the spirit is the executor of all actions. We are just not simply speaking of some esoteric way of rehearsing. All behaviors and physical functions are controlled by matrices composed of subatomic energy matter. This energy matter is the substantial basis of our thoughts. We must realize that the sounds and images that are perceived as thoughts must be formed from some type of energy matter. It is this energy matter that we manipulate into images to direct and control not only our psychological, emotional behavior, but events in the social dimension of our lives, as well as the environment. You will as you will verify from your success in meditation. Assistance from deities. Seek assistance from deity A, deity B will protect you, etc. 
are the expressions that can only be placed in proper perspective through the tree of life. While the self is located at sphere one and is unconditioned by unqualified personalities are located at sphere nine and are conditioned by the set of qualities of 10th sphere, where the 10th sphere emphasizes the fiery mode of the life force, the individual's ka, bearing illness, etc., excels at fiery tasks and challenges the person's zealous interfacing, quick in deciding and acting, short-tempered, a leader force, a leader through force of character, etc. But this heat, which makes this type of person successful when challenged to respond in a fiery manner, will be the same of failure when challenged to meet a situation that requires the calm reflection and flexibility of the watery type of personality or the persuasive and clever rhetoric skill of the earthly personality when or when challenged to a long protracted fight that requires the blend of law and power of the airy personality type. Thus, we understand the indivisible duality between the two components of our being, the self, which is constitutional component, and the person, which is the functional. This is to say that the constitutions or law of our being, which is the self's infinite capacity of expression, is united at our birth to an infinite functional complex, the personality. A fiery person, for example, will not find in his personality portfolio the means of genuinely, convincingly, consistently, and most importantly, satisfying to his nature, being calm and yielding in confrontations. Similarly, the watery person will be afflicted when called upon to be zealous, enterprising, and domineering. In the archaic mode of speaking, each person must seek assistance from the personality complex, the deity that governs the set of behavioral attributes that are outside of our natal personality. Since we are each born in intimate association with only one of these seven personality types, the practice of invoking or evoking the non-natal personalities seems to the spiritual immature as if beings external to ourselves were being called upon. We must clarify this point, although all personalities are latent in ourselves, the other six that a person is not born with the outside of her person. Unfortunately, this subtle arrangement inside the self, outside the person, has given rise to the widespread belief that the deities are outside of our being. To invoke a deity, then, is to call a personality complex out of its latent state within the self and actualize it as a temporary substitute of our natal personality. The fact that the non-natal personality complex that is needed to re- to solve the problem must be called out of its latent state within the self 
underscores the premise of the first stage of meditation. We cannot benefit from the infinite potential of the indwelling intelligence if we do not identify with it as our true self, which transcends all personality qualities. We cannot call out behavior from our personalities that are not intrinsic to them. Calmness cannot come out of fire. Zealousness cannot come out of earth or water, etc. Thus, to the degree that we can identify with Alsar, we can manifest personality qualities that are not natal to us. We find many chapters of transformation in the Pert M. Ru Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is the initiate who has realized himself as Alsar is thus able to transform himself into a hawk of gold, Ptah, a phoenix, and lotus, Temu, Sobek, etc. We read in plate XXV11, which is 27, in plate 27, said Ausar, the scribe, Ani, justified in peace, I came into being from the un, from the unformed matter. I came into existence as the principle of transformation. I unfolded into plants. I'm hidden in the tortoise. I am the atoms, essence of every deity. I am yesterday as the four and the urus of the seven, which came into existence in the east note end quote note that the initiate note that the initiate the scribe ani is addressed as ausar showing that he has achieved this level of being unlike western scholars who claim that man evolved from apes the Kemetic sages taught that man came from the unformed matter. Note that his self, Ausar, is the T, the essence or atom of all deities. The four of yesterday corresponded to the four fundamental transformations of the life force, underlying the seven personalities of which the initiate says that he is their Uraeus. Another important concept to be comprehended deals with the matter in which changes in our behavior and life is achieved. As an effect in anti-polytheism has been the substitution of abstract ideals for the deities, which we have seen our personality complexes. As a result, people will pray or meditate on getting courage or patience, etc., which are abstractions instead of meditating on manifesting the entire personality complexities that govern these attributes. This takes us back to the sesh meut netter. The spirit can only react to holes, concrete thoughts, images, and sensations while it cannot react to the abstract word 
evil, it can react to the image of something considered so, unless the former gives rise to the latter in the person's mind. In the same way, it cannot react to the functional abstractions, courage, but it can react to the description of a personality having courage as one of its qualities. Good creative writers know this well. To move their readers, affect their spirits, they know they must show more than they tell. This is why the Christian tradition promotes the concrete image of life and suffering of Jesus above the concepts regarding the Father in heaven. The truth is to be found in the fact that the Father in heaven is too, is just too abstract to serve as a model for affecting the spirit of its followers. The process is better known in Africa, where it is well known that there are seven distinct personality types which cannot be united, un, I'm sorry, untied united into one synthetic archetype as the Christians have tried to do this with chapter with the Christ. Each deity is the archetype or perfect exemplar for a specific personality type. Eru and Kemet and Shango with the Yorobas is the archetype of mature manhood, fatherhood, male leadership, and kingship. Alset and Kemet, Yema, Yemaya and the Yorobas is the archetype of the mature womanhood, motherhood, female leadership, and queen mothership. Heru, Kahiti, and Kemet Ogun with the Yorobas is the archetype of the enterprising, pioneering, defensive, and aggressive personality type, and so on. So rather than meditate on the fractional abstraction courage, for example, we bring out the latency of full personality complex of either Eru or Erukuti. The process is exactly as that encountered in the practice of homeopathic or Chinese medicine. We don't prescribe medicines for fractions such as suppressed means or fever. We consider the entire complex of systems and if needed, all of the personality traits of the patient and search for a remedy which addresses the entire complex. For example, what will truly cure the suppressed means of a fiery woman will not only fail to help a similar disorder in mind in mild women, but many even aggravated the condition. Nefert Ra will therefore meditate on manifesting Eru at Eru as opposed to the functional abstractions of becoming a calm person or on visualizations of her womb, healing, etc. She will chant a heka of het eru, ung tang, such a uh, het erut, see chapter 24. Once she is in trance, she will see herself wearing the crown of het eru, dressed in yellow and green to enhance the required mood. Visualizing herself 
Thus, she will recall those recurring situations in which she tends to function in a fiery manner. But seeing herself functioning in a sweet, yielding, and mild manner, she will support this meditation by indulging a lively music, keeping herself entertained, surrounding herself with beautiful things and other correspondences to the deity Het Eru. As she works more and more with Heka and its energies flow into energizing the imagery of the meditation, Nefert Ra will find a growing motivation to function as ritualized once she begins to manifest the desired behavior which will be established at the end of the fourth stage of the meditation process. The avoidance of fiery behavior and the expression of sweetness in the face of confrontation will result in a lowered metabolistic rate which is conduitive, which is conduct, conducive to the healing of the ovaries, increased in body fat, etc. Since Shehu was told that Ma'at will help him achieve his goal, he will enter into trance with his Heka of Ma'at. Aung Shering, crowned with Ma'at's father, he will see himself giving some of his time and skills to his community. The bringing of balance into his life will be symbolized by the visualization of himself holding a scale with his heart in one pan and Ma'at's feather in the other. It symbolizes the balance between all complementary elements in this case, the needs of the person and those of the group. In this chapter on imitation, it was said that the stage also corresponds to the intensification of the life force. Let's recall the observation that our emotions and the physical cycle driving force of the spirit, spirit. Nothing that is willed can be realized if there is no emotive force behind it. A mistake that most people make is to think of joy as an effect or reward for success when it is the psychic motive force that is needed to succeed. This motive force can be cultivated by a practice known in the yogic tradition as Asvini Mudra. It consists of the rhythmic contraction and relaxation of the perineal muscle. This is the small annular muscle that is contracted in order to stop the urine in midstream. It is also the muscle that goes into spasms at the moment of sexual arousal and orgasm. The practice of Asvini Mudra as well as Mula Banda throughout the meditation at this stage generates a feeling of sexual arousal which the spirit, unlike the rational part of our being, does not distinguish as sexual excitement. To the spirit, this pleasure is associated with the contents of the mind during trance. As far as the spirit spirit is concerned, Sehu is experiencing pleasure from sharing the Nefert Ra sharing, and Nefert Ra is enjoying being sweet in the face of confrontation. 
And as we have shown earlier, the sharing and the sweet behavior carried out in the entranced imagination are as real to the spirit as the physical undertaking of the actions. It is important to realize that the method given here for conducting this stage of the meditation process is a mere adaptation of the actual practice, which consists of a full-blown ritual involving trance induction through chanting, drumming, dancing, and the use of many other techniques. Summary Namalecture It is important to pay particular attention to the special manner in which words, person, individual, and self are being used in this book. While they are generally used synonymously, their etymology shows that they are fundamentally different in meaning. Person is compounded of per equals through and sun equals sound. We have seen that the various personalities are expressions of the deities working through the lower part of the spirit. At times, for the sake of communication, I will sometimes use the lower self for person. It corresponds to our being in the ninth and tenth sphere levels. Self is a term allied to the concept of identity. It is thus reversed in this book for the higher part of being. This will be understood by the capitalization of the term as self or by construction, true or higher self. It corresponds to our being at the first sphere level and zero. Individual is compounded of indivisible plus dual. It is obvious that this word like person is not the kind of word that accidentally comes into being at the fish market or the barbershop. It is created by men working on a subject with the precision and discipline that is demanded by chemistry and mathematics. Individual and thus denotes the indivisible duality between the higher and lower parts of our being. The self of the person, it corresponds to being the sixth sphere, the point of supreme equilibrium on the tree. Here ends the reading, chapter 13, page 186.